Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children. Music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio, airing five nights a week, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, on Ground Zero. Radio, right after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. Some of you might be listening on the Aftermath FM app, if not at GroundZero.radio. Others may be listening on the SecretTeachings.info or later in the archives on the various radio and podcast players. If you haven't subscribed to the show archive yet, you can still do that until the end of the year for a discounted rate of $40. We also have a $20 discounted rate for all four of my digital books. You can buy the physical books separate on the website. If you'd like to contact us, emails are rdgable at yahoo.com and tstradio at protonmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, tst underscore underscore radio, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. If you missed Monday's show this week, we talked about the Balenciaga scandal or the Balenciaga gate, if you will. We talked about on Tuesday night, all for one and none for all, the intense draconian measures that have been employed consistently over the last two-plus years against the people of China, and how after a fire broke out in a building and a lot of people died, on top of a lot of people also not having access to food and basic necessities, more protests have broken out in China. The West refuses to condemn China's response to the pandemic at all. In fact, we played a clip for you on Tuesday of Dr. Fauci saying that as long as they have an end goal, then these kinds of draconian measures, they're okay. Like he said, if their end goal is making everybody take a vaccine, then it's okay to lock people in their homes. It's okay to prevent people from buying groceries. We played it for you. He actually said that. He believes it's okay as long as we have an end goal and not if it's indefinite with no end goal. So you have to have a reason to give people hope that it'll it'll end. I mean, Dr. Fauci is much more sophisticated in his approach psychologically to dealing with these things than the Chinese Communist Party that goes right to the club, right to the baton, right to the stun gun, right to the raw fists beating protesters into the ground. In fact, a BBC journalist was beaten, handcuffed, detained, and then the Communist Party said, we only beat him, literally, it actually says this in the political article, we only beat him to prevent him from getting COVID-19. You couldn't make it up. We beat him and detained him so he wouldn't get COVID-19 from the crowd. That's why we had to remove him when he was filming the protesters. Yet, the West will not condemn Venezuela, will not condemn Ukrainian Nazis will actually support Ukrainian Nazis and not even support the protesters in China. We'll ask Saudi Arabia and Venezuela for oil. But we hate Russia and we won't even support the protesters there that are protesting against the Russian government and the ongoing war in Ukraine. It's just very strange how so many people hate the idea of Western civilization and hate in particular the idea of what the United States of America is. It's so strange how people love democracy but couldn't tell you what the rule of law means. Furthermore, they couldn't tell you what democracy means. 
It's so strange that people hate American flags, but they fly the flags of foreign countries they've never been to and never will go to, and of which they only get information about that country from extremely biased sources of news. It's weird that people would be upset about the U.S. border going so far as denying that there's even a border issue, drug issue, human trafficking issue, but then support a foreign country over a border dispute. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. None of it makes any sense because it's not supposed to make sense. This is a series of psychological tactics that include brainwashing, double standards that are blatantly held proudly within society. It is institutional, dogmatic, polarizing, mental, persuasive and coercive measures at universities turning kids into activists rather than doctors or farmers or maybe even good lawyers. There are good lawyers in the world. Not all lawyers are bad. Not all doctors are bad. Into teachers that are needed rather than activists. It's so weird that everything that seems good about civilization is in the crosshairs of an international movement. And make no mistake about it, it is an international movement that wishes to crush and destroy all those good things about civilization because of falsely associated things like slavery or women's rights are oppressed by Western patriarchal societies. That kind of stuff. The stuff that turns people into activists and turns their brains into mush and prevents them from being able to even engage in conversation, let alone debate or let alone higher thought or deeper intellectual thought, particularly introspection. Throughout this whole month of November, we have seen uh, three major world governmental summits. These summits are the G20, the APEC, or the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation, APEC, a third one called the ASEAN. These three global meetings, the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, the ASEAN, the G20, and the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Forum, which took place in Bangkok, all three of these gatherings took place in the month of November. The diplomatic lineup was supposedly a test, says CNN, a test to see how world leaders are going to deal with climate change global inflation, rising food prices, and of course, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. They're not addressing the draconian, authoritarian, nightmarish, apocalyptic, end-of-the-world measures employed in China over the last two-plus years. They're not investigating the failing of democracy in Brazil. There's no media coverage or political commentary on the millions, if not tens of millions of Brazilians protesting against the stolen election. There's very little commentary about protests in Iran. And the very little commentary you do get about it is a result of 
the influence of countries like Israel and the influence they have on U.S. foreign policy, it seems like nothing is said or done about things that actually need to have things said and done about them. But things that don't need to have things said or done about them, like, you know, issues in the United States of women's rights. Women's rights are under attack. Minority rights are under attack. What rights are under attack? Every single person in this country, no matter what their sex or their gender or the color of their skin, is protected by the Constitution. I guess it's because people don't know that, that they fight for things that, although they don't actually overrule the Constitution as the law of the land, they fight for things that, on the surface, give special rights to certain groups. Special rights given to certain groups is a violation of rights to all. It's a violation of the Constitution. Everybody's protected. I don't know why that's so difficult to understand. But it is that that ethos of Western civilization. It's that ethos of philosophical and moral development and progress in any country around the world. It's not just the United States. Uh, and even going back into history, uh, the, the, the philosophical developments of ancient India far surpass much of the religious traditions that we have anywhere in the world today. And yet India is a class-based society. It is essentially an apartheid state. And it is dominated by a powerful religious and wealthy uh, oligarchy uh, in a classist state where the average person is living in poverty and filth and disease. But the history of India is not that. It's the very opposite. Same thing with China. China has a rich, beautiful history and culture. And yet China has had that rich, beautiful history and culture decimated officially in the name of communist rule because you cannot have culture and tradition with a communist superstate like China. The state is God. The state is culture. The state is tradition. The state will tell you when you can smile. The state will tell you when you can eat. The state will tell you what clothes you wear, what jobs you have. The state will make everything function the way that it's supposed to function in a communist utopia, which is truly a dystopian nightmare. So while we had these events going on in November, of course, like Bilderberg and like other events, we don't really hear about them. We don't really hear about the Association of Southeast Asian Nations. We don't hear about the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Forum. We don't hear about the World Government Summit in the Middle East. We don't hear about uh, you know most of these, these G events, like the G20, for example. You hear like a passing statement on it. And whatever they're reportedly discussing at these events... It's always whatever the, the hot topic is, right? It's climate change, it's inflation, it's Russia and Ukraine. But none of the other major issues that are plaguing the world, none of those are officially discussed. It's just what the politically correct, on-the-surface narrative is all about. Climate change, inflation, and Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And the more that the West supports that, the more there is going to be runaway rampant inflation when you just continue to print hundreds of billions of dollars and give it away so it can be laundered back into the pockets of 
largely Democrats, but also Republicans through the FTX scandal. There's also someone else running a, uh, a similar cryptocurrency company, and they just died in their bed at like 30 years old. I would imagine they were probably involved in the same kind of money laundering. They're cleaning up loose ends now that they know they've been caught, and yet nothing happens. Nothing happens to the Biden crime family. Nothing happens to the Clintons. Nothing happens to these criminals here in Arizona. Nothing happens to the high-powered criminals anywhere because they're running the show. Because of threats and intimidation and violence, etc. And that's in a first-world country. What about in a third-world country? When these leaders, quote-unquote, get together, these elected representatives of the people in a lot of cases officially, but unofficially they're not elected, they are selected, giving you the illusion that you have choice. You know, voting can actually work, but voting can also be a very dangerous thing when people are ignorant of what they're voting for. That's a whole other issue. But you have, quote, leaders, many of which are, quote, elected or selected. They get together at events like the G20 summit and discuss these major world issues. Well, Joe Biden signed the G20 declaration Something that you would imagine might be, I don't know, front page news. President of the United States signs a declaration with other G20 nations to do 52 different things. That's how long this declaration is. 52 different things that involve everything from digital currencies and education to climate change, Russia invading Ukraine to deal with that, COVID-19 and vaccine passports. You would think that every single country that has a functioning, truly functioning free press would be publishing this information, would be talking about this. You would think that this would be a bigger story. That G20 nations, with the exception of Iran, uh, not Iran, excuse me, of Russia, because they don't get to participate uh, because they're worse than Iran. Uh, Biden signs this declaration. These other countries sign this declaration in Indonesia at the G20. And it's basically, in their own words, it's an extension or an expansion, if you will, of Agenda 2030, which is an extension and an expansion, if you will, of Agenda 21, which we were told didn't exist. But in the declaration, I have it right here in my hand. In the declaration, they actually mention that it's part of Agenda 2030, which we were told does not exist. Just like Bilderberg doesn't exist, just like Antifa doesn't exist. So Joe Biden has signed the G20 declaration agreeing to force you to take a vaccine in order to travel internationally. Congress didn't do that. The House and the Senate didn't vote for that. The Supreme Court said you can't force people to get a vaccine as a condition of employment. But I guess they they probably were meaning that you could give someone uh, the ultimatum of never leaving their country again unless they take a vaccine for any reason, vacation, business. They probably meant that you couldn't force them to take a vaccine to earn a living, but you could force them to take a vaccine to prevent them from traveling freely abroad, even if that means just over a piece of land into a country like Canada or into a country like Mexico. 
that declaration is just part of the Biden administration's implementation of strict draconian measures for international travelers. A friend of mine uh, named Teresa, she lives up in uh, Western Canada, and she's unable to fly into the United States because according to the White House, since she doesn't have a vaccine, she could be a threat. But the White House also says if you come across the border illegally, you do not need to test for COVID-19. You don't have to take a vaccine. So my friend, if she wanted to come down here to the States, she would have to drive across the border, which Canada to the U.S. is like hit or miss if they let you because of the vaccine passports, which they don't exist, but they do exist. So she'd have to fly to Mexico and then drive across the border into the States. So she could still get here. It's just making it more difficult to travel internationally. And this new agreement, this G20 agreement, is just part of that. It's an extension of that. It's an expansion of that. You know, they, they don't have the vaccine passports officially, but this is the method, this is the way that they implement those passports without you actually having to have a passport without you actually getting to make a decision. I mean, this is this is real democracy, right? Joe Biden makes the decision for you. You don't get a vote. And it drastically changes the way in which you can travel, the way in which we, we interact socially, the way in which we interna- uh, interact across state lines or across uh, international lines the way that we conduct business, it affects all that. It affects, and I'm going to go through the list here for uh, with you here in the first hour. It affects, fi- there's 52 different points in this thing. You didn't vote for this. Your congressman didn't vote for this. Your senator didn't vote for this. I'm sure most of them would if they were asked. The president just signs it, and you're not even told about it. This is what it says, actually, if you go on to the federal government's website, It says this, immigrants and other non-affected persons, presidential proclamation and CDC's amended order have no effect on non-U.S. citizens. So any non-U.S. citizen uh, who is eligible for asylum, non-U.S. citizens eligible for withholding of removal, non-U.S. citizens eligible for protection under the regulations issued pursuant to the legislation implementing the Convention Against Torture and Other Cruel Inhuman uh, Inhuman excuse me, inhuman, I almost want to say inhumane, inhuman or degrading treatment or punishment, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But if you are a Canadian citizen, you cannot fly into the United States. This is the Department of State website. That's the first step. And that's recent, this year implemented. The second step is the G20 declaration. The G20 declaration, if we skip to point 23, the G20 declaration says this, Amongst other things in the paragraph, we acknowledge the importance of shared technical standards and verification methods under the framework of the IHR. Remember that international health regulations, which they just changed recently to facilitate seamless international travel, interoperability and recognizing digital solutions and non-digital solutions, including proof of vaccinations. We support continued international dialogue and collaboration on the establishment of trusted global digital health networks as part of the efforts to strengthen prevention and response to future pandemics that should capitalize and build on the success of the existing standards in digital COVID-19 certificates. Joe Biden 
He signed that. And there's no media coverage of it at all. Why do you think that is? And anybody who does talk about it, I'd venture to say that they would be called not only a conspiracy theorist, but they would be called all number of other names. You'd probably be called a racist, sexist, transphobic. You know, if you want to go to other countries without a vaccine, you're bringing death to those countries. Statistically, as an American, you're pretty much like a European bringing diseases to the new world. We can't let you travel without a vaccine, without a vaccine passport, although we know that people who have been vaccinated are now leading the statistical numbers for COVID-19 deaths. A lot of reasons for that. I don't think it's because of the vaccines. I think it's because people are always dying and they were put into the category of dying of the disease. And then when the vaccines didn't work because they never were meant to work, they knew that they didn't work. They make people sicker. Some people might die of them or get sick from them, but mostly people are continuing to die as they've always died. And now so many people have gotten the first or second or both vaccines that it's just that more people have vaccines now. More people are, you know, testing uh, once they get the vaccines. So the more and more you do that, at some point, the number of people is going to tip and there's going to be more people with vaccines dying of COVID-19 than people who are not. So that shows you the vaccine doesn't work. The virus isn't causing you, causing you to, to get sick and die. It's, it's all illusion. It's all a theater. And it's all to reinforce this at the G20 summit just held this month. November 15th and 16th in Bali, Indonesia. The G20 Bali Leaders Declaration. When we come back from break, I'm going to read you. I'm not going to read through the whole thing, like every paragraph, but I'm going to read you some of the key points from this declaration. Talk about a threat to democracy. Talk about a threat to the rule of law and to the republic. Here is Joe Biden, not in his right state of mind, unable to stay awake at most of these meetings, just simply signing off on the sovereignty of the United States of America and the sovereignty of each individual state and the sovereignty of each individual citizen. I think we forgot that government works for us. We don't work for government. And how is it that Joe Biden can just simply sign this agreement and we're supposed to abide by it? And nobody wants to talk about it or nobody is informed to talk about it. And remember, again, this is just part of what's already been implemented in the United States this year. International travel restrictions for citizens, but not for non-citizens, not for illegals, not for criminals, not for cartel members. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you're looking for a great gift that keeps on giving this year, check out one of my four books for the holiday season. Occult Arcana is a monumental collection of esoteric and occult lore. The technological elixir looks at UFOs, demonology in the music industry, and the soul and spirit in relation to modern technology. Liberty Shrugged, my new book, takes you on a historical journey through the concepts of natural liberty and provides a different angle on the American Revolution. Food Philosophy explores food industry propaganda, 
advertising tricks, and geoengineering. Get all four books only at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. That's thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, Ryan, and yourself. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. Hello. Folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings, excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero, and crawl up to the fall of back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi everyone, this is Mark Passio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. While you were enjoying the turning of the wheel and the changing of the seasons into fall, moving into the heart of the winter, while you were enjoying your Thanksgiving, while you were enjoying your all-month Cyber Monday Black Friday sales, there were three major global meetings that took place with world leaders. The Association of Southeast Asian Nations, the ASEAN leaders getting together, the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Forum that took place in Bangkok, and the one that most of us have heard about more than the others, the G20. Now, these diplomats got together to test what CNN calls an international appetite for coordination on issues like climate change, global inflation, rising food prices, etc. Particularly these things in relation to Russia's invasion of Ukraine and, of course, the economic recovery of the COVID-19 pandemic. This is the first time all three of these events were held in person since the, quote, outbreak in 2020. Now, one thing CNN does not tell you in this article, I always go to CNN because they're like the they're like the main hub of official news, right? This is where all the mainstream news comes from uh, through CNN, the Associated Press. This is like where the mainline uh, vein is, the mainline heart is. And what happened at the G20, although I've seen a few people discussing this, 
it hasn't received the, the type of attention you would assume it would, considering that Joe Biden and the rest of the G20, quote, leaders signed a declaration to work together on a variety of issues. And the people of those countries, including us as Americans, we don't get much say in it. So much for democracy, right? So much for the rule of law, right? So much for Congress, so much for the Senate or the House of Representatives having much influence in the way that the country is run. The president will be whisked off half asleep. He'll say on a hot mic, I don't even know what I'm signing, and just start signing things. And his handlers that control him and the administration through blackmail, through corrupt family dealings, etc., get to make all the decisions. You would think this would be a big story. G20, Bali leaders' declaration. Here's part of the declaration. This is the introduction to it. It is essential to uphold international law and the multilateral system that safeguards peace and stability. These are just words. These words don't mean anything unless they're put into context. Unless these actions that they're implying that they're going to take actually are the definable elements of the words that they're using. Otherwise, peace and stability don't mean anything. Peace and stability, more than anything, mean the peace and stability of the global super state. Peace and stability of what? This includes defending all the purposes and principles enshrined in the Charter of the United Nations and adhering to international humanitarian law, including the protection of of civilians and infrastructure in armed conflicts. It was really strange, but it's almost like a deja vu. Remember George Bush Sr.? He's Republican now, so don't start thinking that I hate Democrats because I don't like Joe Biden. I don't like George Bush either. George Bush is partly responsible for signing on to this international agreement. Remember he said that the UN could use its peacekeeping abilities And they could fulfill the goals of the UN's founders, a new world order, an international global order run through the UN. That's what George Bush Sr. wanted. That's what he worked towards. And that is precisely what these leaders of the G20 are declaring. Adhering to the principles and the purposes, those are capital letters, by the way, purposes and principles, enshrined, not in individual constitutions, but enshrined in the Charter of the United Nations. Furthermore, adhering to international humanitarian law, and this is laughable, which includes the protection of civilians and infrastructure in armed conflicts. Now, considering that the G20 had an agenda of talking about the issues of the war in Ukraine, I wonder if anybody brought up the Amnesty International report which documented, as we've also seen on the video and we've seen photographs of it, etc., of Ukrainian military units placing vehicles, placing infrastructure, if you will, next to sensitive locations like schools and hospitals. So when the Russians hit those targets, they attacked a school and a hospital. That's what Amnesty International reported, that the Ukrainian military was doing that intentionally so that the Russians 
it would seem from the outside looking in, were intentionally targeting schools and hospitals. Look, if the Russians wanted to do that, they have an arsenal that could literally wipe the entire Ukrainian country off of the map. Everything. Infrastructure. That's roadways. Electricity, which they don't even have in most places now. Power plants that have been turned off or bombed. They could wipe all that away in just a matter of hours. They could literally bomb that country into oblivion, and yet they haven't. Why is that? Because it's not just an evil Russian bear. It's not just you know an evil Hitler who had no reason to do what he did. There's reasons that tyrants and authoritarians and leaders have for doing things. It's not just a random action. Now on that point, I wonder if anybody brought up the Amnesty International report. I wonder if anybody brought up the way in which the United States has armed terrorist groups all throughout the Middle East. I wonder why, seriously, I wonder why there's no discussion of what is happening in China now in the media. I wonder why prior to these protests breaking out in mass, when we had the G20 summit, why there was no discussion of the last two plus years of what China was doing to their civilians, to their people. I wonder why there's no discussion of what happened in Brazil and what is continuing to happen in Brazil. What about humanitarian aid to the Gaza Strip, to the Palestinians, to the Uyghur Muslims in China? What about the Charter of the United Nations? What, what does the Charter of the United Nations have to say about those kinds of things? I wonder. So this is a very big document. It has 52 different points in it. I'm going to read through some of these points on air to you here in this segment and throughout the rest of the show. And there are certain points within this declaration signed by the G20 leaders that are going to sound really, really, really familiar to you. For example, they even state this themselves. The 17 goals for sustainability from the United Nations, that's Agenda 2030. That is mentioned explicitly in this declaration. And we're going to talk about what those goals are, a little recap and refresher for those of you who might not remember. So we're going to go to the declaration. Number six, we are deeply concerned by the challenges to global food security exacerbated by current conflicts and tensions. I imagine they're talking about Ukraine. We therefore commit to taking urgent actions to save lives, prevent hunger and malnutrition, particularly to address the vulnerabilities of developing countries, and call for an accelerated transformation towards sustainable and resilient agriculture and food systems and supply chains. Now let's translate that and let's put that in context. They say they're concerned with global food security, which has been exacerbated by conflicts and tensions. Well, Ukraine is one of the breadbaskets of the world. Russia is one of the largest exporters of certain kinds of grains and also energy. So when you tell Russia to pound sand 
And when you finance an unwinnable conflict on the side of a, uh, of, of a country that cannot beat the Russians, period, what you're doing is pouring money into a black hole, which we found out the black hole came out on the other side in what scientists call a white hole, and that white hole was the Democratic Party. All that money thrown into the black hole was actually being laundered back into the Democratic Party in the United States. So it's not about protecting civilians in Ukraine. How Western media won't even cover the Russians, the citizens of Russia that are protesting the war. They don't count. They want this war to continue. They want this justification for money laundering. They want this justification to feed the beast that is the military-industrial complex. They need this conflict to continue so they can use it to justify food shortages, supply chain issues. Just another extension of the COVID-19 pandemic. It wasn't a war and it wasn't a pandemic that prevented the United States from accepting and buying energy from Russia. That was the White House. That was Joe Biden. Joe Biden put sanctions on Russia. Not the pandemic, not the war or the invasion, or whatever you want to call it. When they say, we therefore commit to taking urgent actions to save lives, prevent hunger and malnutrition, were they taking those urgent actions when the New York Times and even the UN itself, the UN even said it, more people are going to die from starvation, more people are going to die from lockdowns than any estimate of a virus. Were these G20 leaders committed to taking action to save lives when that was happening? Are they committed to saving the lives of the Chinese that have been locked down, starving to death, unable to get in contact with family and friends, unable to see them for months, for years, unable to get access to medication or different types of medical things that they need? Is the G20 grouping urgently taking action to solve these problems? No. They're just trying to address vulnerabilities of developing countries and calling for accelerated transformation towards sustainable and resilient agriculture and supply chains. Very convenient. When the UN has been advocating for this for decades, when multinational corporations have been advocating for this for decades, number two of 17 goals on the UN website sdgs.un.org forward slash goals. Goal number two is end hunger, achieve food security, and improve nutrition and promote sustainable agriculture. That is number six in the declaration of the G20. We are deeply concerned by the challenges to global food security exacerbated by current conflicts and tensions, which G20 nations, particularly the United States, have intentionally made worse. That has compounded the problem of a government human response, not a virus, but a human response to a virus that doesn't cause disease, which has caused businesses to shut down, people to lose their jobs, people to lose their livelihoods, and of course, massive inflation, which is a result of all those bailouts and all the money that is being given to Ukraine on top of other issues as well. So when the G20 
People say we're committed to taking urgent actions to save lives. Only some lives. They're not action, they're taking actions to save Palestinians or Uyghurs or Venezuelans or I don't know Iranians or anybody else. They're just committed to saving lives in general because it sounds good. It doesn't mean anything. They want to prevent hunger and malnutrition. But these G20 nations, especially the U.S., were big advocates for lockdowns. Even when Trump was in office, Trump didn't stop it. The only person that stopped it was the governor of South Dakota and the governor of Florida and a handful of other smaller uh, states that we don't really think about or remember. Florida and South Dakota get all the attention. Trump didn't do that. They say that they want to accelerate transformation towards sustainable and resilient agriculture and food systems and supply chains. That is goal number two of the UN 17 Goals for Sustainable Development. That's on their website, not mine, their website. And this is directly from the G20 leader declaration from Bali, Indonesia, just a couple of weeks ago, mid-November 2022. So they make the problem of the conflict and the war worse, specifically countries that export a large amount of food and a large amount of energy. That compounds the issues that were caused by human intervention and policies and mitigation, all that with the pandemic. It makes the problem of supply chains and food and other types of resource shortages worse. And then the only solution to that is we need to have more sustainable and resilient agriculture, which means what? It means, well, genetic engineering. It means multinational corporations controlling the food supply, patenting those products, etc. It means turning over more control of supply chains, distribution, businesses, companies, etc., to the federal government. And if you don't want to turn it over, well, maybe a plane will crash into your business, or maybe your plane burns, or your business burns down, your plant burns down. How many dozens of those things have we seen? We did a couple of shows on that months ago. So that's just one little tiny piece of the declaration. But there's a lot more. There's a lot more. We support international efforts, says point number seven. To keep food supply chains functioning under challenging circumstances, we are committed to addressing food insecurity by ensuring accessibility, affordability, and sustainability of food and food products for those in need, particularly in developing countries and least developed countries. We reiterate our support for open, transparent, inclusive, predictable, and non-discriminatory rules-based agricultural trade based on WTO rules. That's all part of goal number two. And look at those words that they use that they throw in there. Open, transparent, inclusive, non-discriminatory. Those are words that sound really good, right? Those are good sounding words. You like those words, right? You're supposed to like those words. Point number nine. We are committed to supporting the adoption of innovative practices and technologies, including digital innovation in agriculture and food systems to enhance productivity and sustainability in harmony with nature and promote farmers and fishers' livelihoods and increase income, in particular small uh, smallholders, by increasing efficiency and equal access to food supply chains. You know what that sentence sounds like? That sounds like those New Age people, those Ascension con men and con women, that just like shove together as many buzzwords and talking points as they can into one sentence 
They start mentioning like, um, you know, the Ashtar command and the Emerald Alliance and crystals and, you know, uh, healing and light and energy and love. And they just mash all that together in like a Mad Lib sentence. Innovative practices and technologies, digital innovation in agriculture and food systems to enhance productivity and sustainability in harmony with nature and promote farmers and fish. And it just goes on. So a couple of things here. What are innovative practices and technologies? Genetic engineering, you eating insects, that's an innovative practice. Genetic engineering would be an innovative technology. Digital innovation, like using artificial intelligence connected to the cloud to decide what gets planted, when it gets planted, how it gets watered, etc. When I worked at that little grocery store, when I I was living in New York, there was a company that came in, a small company that came in to sell to the store, and uh, they were a, a farm locally in New York, and they used AI uh, for their farming. Now, AI might be able to help us, perhaps it could help us, but not when it's run by psychopaths that program it to do what they want it to do. For all intents and purposes, that's digital innovation in agriculture and food systems. Enhance productivity. It's been shown over and over and over again, genetic engineering does not enhance productivity. And yeah, that's what they want. And how can you have sustainability when you're tampering with genetics? How can you have sustainability when you're literally gambling with a gene gun? When you're spinning that genetic roulette wheel? How can it be in harmony with nature? It's the opposite of nature. How can it be in harmony with nature when you're tampering with nature? When you're spraying insecticides, pesticides, and fungicides? When you are genetically engineering crops, how can that be in harmony with nature? Then again, doesn't that kind of sound like the Georgia Guidestones? Well, they talk about population numbers. You know, those were blowing up a couple of months ago, but we have pictures of them. We know what they said. Harmony with nature. Keeping the population of the earth at a certain number, keeping everything in balance and in harmony with nature. That is directly from the Georgia Guidestones. And it's not that the G20 declaration is, you know, based on the Georgia Guidestones. That's not what I mean. Sure, some people might interpret it that way. What I'm saying is what was on those Guidestones is precisely what the UN agenda of, quote, sustainability is all about. And it's what the G20 Indonesia declaration is all about. Harmony with nature. What does that mean? What does that mean? Now, we've, uh, we've looked at two major points here. Number six, part of number seven, and number nine. Uh, number seven, number eight, and number ten all align with goal number two uh, and, in part, goal number one of the UN sustainability agenda, which involves no poverty, getting rid of poverty, in poverty in all of its forms. There's a lot of ways to end poverty. You can change the definition of it. Just like you can change the definition of a virus or a vaccine or a pandemic to create the illusion that you have something that you don't have or you don't have something that you do have. Like, oh, I don't know. In economic terms, something, uh, what did they call it? They said it was, uh, you know, excuse me, I think the Republicans taught us this word. Words like a depression, words like recession, those are just made-up words they told us in the mainstream media. There's no such thing as that. There's no, there's no such thing as inflation. Inflation, is, 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 it's better now. 
gas prices are going down. But aren't you responsible for them going up? So you can change the definition of the word poverty, right? Another way you can get rid of poverty is, let's say you have 10 people in poverty, right? They live in poverty. The definition of that varies throughout the world. Okay, technically, I'm living in poverty in the United States. I make $1,000 a month. That's technically poverty. But I make an immense more amount of money than most people living in the rest of the world. So this little tiny black girl they have on the UN website to make you feel bad uh, because only black people are impoverished, then that's supposed to make you feel bad and you're supposed to trust that the UN wants to get rid of poverty. So if I have 10 people that are impoverished and I want to get rid of poverty, I can do a couple of things. I can kill all 10 of them and then look, nobody's impoverished anymore. I killed them, which is what lockdowns did to tens of millions of people in the developing world. It just They just died. So they're not in poverty anymore. They're dead. They're with Jesus or they're with the devil or wherever they go after they die. Or I can just change the definition so there is no recession. There is no depression. There is no inflation. I can change the definition so there's a pandemic when there's not. So you're sick when you're not. That's how you can get rid of poverty. End poverty in all of its forms everywhere. Here's another way you can do that. You make everybody poor so they own nothing and then they're happy about it. That's the way that you end poverty. See, the average person is a decent person who is trying to do what's best for themselves and their families. The average person hears end poverty and you think, yeah, I can get on board with that. End poverty. No more poverty. Okay, but what does that mean? Are we killing the people that are living in poverty or are we just going to make everybody equally as poor? Because that's what equality is really about under the UN system. Everybody is equally as poor. Everybody equally has nothing. Everybody owns nothing and everybody is happy. And if you're not happy, Klaus Schwab is going to put a smile on your face. And if you don't let him, you go to the gulag. Point number 11 of the declaration from the G20 summit. Joe Biden signed this. We meet at a time of climate and energy crisis compounded by geopolitical challenges. We are experiencing volatility in energy prices and markets and shortage disruptions to energy supplies. We underline the urgency to rapidly transform and diversify energy systems, advance energy security and resilience, and market stability by accelerating and ensuring clean, sustainable, just, affordable, and inclusive energy transitions and flow of sustainable investments. Sustainable, just, affordable, and inclusive energy. I've never experienced inclusive energy. What does inclusive energy mean? Does it mean making sure that people can't afford to pay their energy bills because, you know, air conditioners are bad, families are bad, having a piece of private property is bad? Is it making sure that people can't afford to pay those bills? Is that just people that really are marginalized economically that don't have a lot? There are plenty of people, black, Hispanic, white, that are in those positions Does it help them? Is it inclusive and equitable for those people to be hit essentially the hardest by sanctions and by inflation and recessions and things like that? Is is that equal and fair and just? I didn't think so. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. 
Tonight on the broadcast, we're looking at the declaration signed by the G20, quote, leaders. The headline of that declaration, G20, Bali Leaders Declaration, Bali, Indonesia, 15 through 16 November 2022. We will look further into that declaration when we come back from break. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to support The Secret Teachings, we air Monday through Friday, so you can listen to the live new broadcast right after Clyde Lewis, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific on Ground Zero Dot Radio on the Aftermath FM app. Or you can subscribe to our full archive. We have our Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Christmas deal ongoing through the end of the year. $40 gets you access to the whole show archive, the montage archive, my digital books, and a private RSS feed. Check it out at www.thesecretteachings.info. And please, as always, leave us a review on the podcast radio players where you listen to the show for free. I'd really appreciate that. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you're looking for a great gift that keeps on giving this year, check out one of my four books for the holiday season. Occult Arcana is a monumental collection of esoteric and occult lore. The technological elixir looks at UFOs, demonology in the music industry, and the soul and spirit in relation to modern technology. Liberty Shrugged, my new book, takes you on a historical journey through the concepts of natural liberty and provides a different angle on the American Revolution. Food philosophy explores food industry propaganda, advertising tricks, and geoengineering. Get all four books only at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. That's thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to hear more of The Secret Teachings, if you missed a show or part of a show, sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or a year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, Ryan, and yourself. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. Hello. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call out to the fall back to me. 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi everyone, this is Mark Passio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Welcome back to The Secret Teachings Radio. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. TheSecretTeachings.info is our website. I put up the show promos there Monday through Friday. You can see what the show's about or follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash TheSecretTeachings or on Twitter at TST underscore underscore radio. We still have our Black Friday Christmas specials going on right now on the website for subscriptions and digital books. Our website again, www.thesecretteachings.info. You can use PayPal or the Cash App. And if you do use the Cash App, please send me an email to let me know that you've sent us money there so I can get your books out to you or get your subscription all set up. My email is rdgable at yahoo.com and also tstradio at protonmail.com. Those are the two ways that you can reach out to us and communicate to us here on The Secret Teachings. Throughout the month of November, we've seen a couple of big events take place. Not a lot of news coverage. The Association of Southeast Asian Nations, the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Forum in Bangkok. This is the first time that these two events have been held in person since 2020 because of the so-called pandemic. And the G20 meeting. Mid-November, the G20 meeting was held to address issues like climate change, inflation, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, recovery from the COVID-19 pandemic. And Joe Biden, president of the United States of America, signed on to yet another international agreement called the G20 Bali Leaders Declaration, which is an upholding and a reinforcement of the United Nations Charter and Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, and the 17 Goals for Sustainability. All of this stuff sounds good, right? Sustainability. You want sustainability. Those goals include no poverty, zero hunger, good health and well-being, quality education, gender equality, clean water and sanitation, And the list goes on until point number 17. When I read through this declaration from the G20 event, I noticed a parallel between the 17 goals for sustainability and these multiple declarations that were made by these G20 representatives. For example, number four of the declaration says, it is essential to uphold international law and a multilateral system that safeguards peace and stability. This includes defending all the purposes and principles enshrined in the Charter of the United Nations and adhering to international humanitarian law, including the protection of civilians and infrastructure in armed conflicts. There's no protection. There's no speaking out against what's happening in China, Brazil, Venezuela, Iran. There's no international cooperation to 
stop the suffering of the Chinese people or the Uyghur Muslims or the Palestinians. Nobody speaks out about that kind of stuff. But we do speak out about Ukrainians because there are business deals, because there's money laundering, because there's the military-industrial complex, because there's NATO, because the sovereignty of the United States and other nations is drawn into international agreements that endanger the sovereignty of the nation and all of the citizens that inhabit those countries, including each of our 50 states and all the citizens of each of those states. The declaration goes on in point number six, seven, eight, and nine, and even I think point 10 as well here, to talk about food security. This is an interesting one. We are deeply concerned by the challenges to global food security exacerbated by current conflicts and tensions. We therefore commit to taking urgent action to save lives, prevent hunger and malnutrition, particularly to address the vulnerabilities of developing countries and call for an accelerated transformation towards sustainable and resilient agriculture and food systems and supply chains. In other words, these are the same people implementing parallel policies, sanctions, de facto declarations of war on foreign countries, you know, in Russia, the allowance of the Ukrainians to fight the Russians with funding from the United States, weapons from the United States, a fight that will never be won. It is perpetual until something breaks. Ukraine is not going to defeat the Russians. They're not going to defeat the Russian military. So short of provoking a third major physical hot world war, which Zelensky recently attempted to do by lying about a Ukrainian missile that hit Poland and saying it was a Russian missile, which, funny enough, it was actually manufactured in Russia. So he said it was a Russian missile that hit Poland. Everybody got upset. The Russians attacked Poland. We should invade Russia now. That's a NATO ally when it was actually Zelensky's missile. Scumbag, criminal, psychopath, freak. We have to protect him, though, not the people of China. We have to protect him, though, but not the people of Brazil or Venezuela or anywhere else in the world. So when they're locking society down across the world in places like Africa and China, they're still locked down because of COVID-19. That exacerbated food issues, sanctions, telling Russia, we don't want your energy, going to Saudi Arabia, Venezuela, and Iran for oil instead as if it's it's better there. We can't have it here at home. It's, it's cleaner if it comes from Saudi Arabia. The G20 group says that they're concerned with these global food security issues exacerbated by conflicts that they are responsible for. We commit to taking urgent action to save lives, except just some lives, not all lives. And they want to address the vulnerability in certain countries calling for an accelerated transformation towards sustainable and resilient agriculture. All that means is patented, genetically engineered foods controlled by mega corporations. It means vertically integrated supply chains controlled by government. You know, like that crazy, mentally ill stroke victim, John Fetterman, that somehow is a senator. He said he wanted to put grocery store managers in jail. Because of food prices. Yeah, my fiance is a grocery store manager. 
he would put her in jail because she's ordering food for the store. And then when prices change, she changes the prices. She needs to go to jail. This is top-down authoritarian government control. And these two points on this declaration, upholding the charter of the United Nations, that enshrines the 17 goals of sustainability. And point number six, food security. Well, that's goal number two. Zero tolerance for hunger. End hunger, achieve food security, and improve nutrition and promote sustainable agriculture. That's all genetic engineering, chemicals, and of course, eating insects. Because point number nine of the declaration says we are committed to supporting the adoption of innovative practices. What would those be? I don't know. Maybe eating insects. And innovative technologies. I don't know, like genetic engineering. Also, digital innovation in agriculture and food systems to enhance productivity and sustainability and harmony with nature. Same wording used on the Georgia Guidestones. We can move ahead to point number 11 of the declaration. We meet at a time of climate and energy crisis. Yes, a climate and energy crisis that you are responsible for. That G20 countries are responsible for in large part. And who benefits from all these declarations and policies and it's big corporations, it's big banks. It's international, unelected governmental bodies. Yet these are the same people, especially in the West, particularly in the United States, that say they are champions of democracy while they sign declarations with other countries having no approval from the people. Now, the president and the Senate can make agreements like the Senate can approve treaties. These aren't treaties. These are declarations of war against the sovereignty of sovereign nations and states and peoples. And they just sign away, just like George Bush, and nothing happens. We meet at a time of climate and energy crisis compounded by geopolitical challenges. Yes, that you are largely responsible for flaming, or fanning, rather, fanning the flames. We are experiencing energy prices, uh, Hikes, shortages, disruptions of energy, supply chains, etc. These are all things, of course, that due to the so-called war in Ukraine, due to the so-called pandemic, these are problems that have been exacerbated by human interactions, human decisions, human policies, not viruses, not wars. Responses to the perceptions of these things, such as lockdowns, such as sanctions, such as telling countries, we don't want your energy, but we'll take the energy from these hostile nations. So the G20 declaration says, we underline the urgency to rapidly transform, that's build back better, and diversify energy systems. Those are your wind turbines that freeze up when it gets too cold. Those are your wind turbines. You have to use fuel, fossil fuel, uh, diesel, to start, that's how they start the windmills. Uh, that would include your solar panels that are only efficient if you live in raw sunlight, like maybe here in Tucson. Uh, they might be beneficial here. Anywhere else, not so efficient. Uh, so windmills and sun-powered uh, 
panels, solar-powered panels. They go on to say advanced energy security and resilience and market stability. How are they going to do this? Well, by accelerating and ensuring clean. These are the words they use. The energy would be clean, sustainable, just. You ever had just energy? I've never had just energy. Affordable and inclusive energy. The energy would be inclusive. You ever turned your air conditioner, uh, air conditioner on and thought, this is very just and inclusive air conditioning? You ever cook something on the stove and think, wow, that was, that was a very just cooking service. The energy that powered my stove, the gas that powered my stove was, was just and inclusive. No, you've never thought that because the gas is not inclusive. You need clean energy. Okay, not gas, not coal. You need inclusive energy. And the inclusive energy will also be affordable. That's why energy rates are going up. It's affordable energy for the wealthy, not for you. And that's all part of the 17 goals for sustainability. Number one, end poverty in all of its forms. A couple of ways you can end poverty. One, you can kill the people that are impoverished, like the people that died of starvation to the tune of tens of millions because of lockdowns. Or you can just change the definition of the word poverty like the definition of words like vaccines, viruses, pandemics, recessions, etc. Then you don't have any more poverty. Or you can make everybody poorer than everybody's equal. Those are just the two goals of 17 goals that you find on the UN website. They have 15 other goals, though. Let's continue to go through this declaration from the G20. We welcome the progress to date toward achieving a post-2020 global biodiversity framework. We urge all parties and countries to finalize and adopt the global biodiversity framework, the GBF, with the view of realizing a 2050 vision of, quote, living in harmony with nature. Now, for those of you who might not have read my book, The Technological Elixir, I have a section on it, uh, in it, rather. Uh, It's on the page, I guess, but in the book talking about 2050 as one of the singularity points. 2030 is the zero emission, zero tolerance, hive mind 2030 date. Uh, 2050 is the technological singularity. This is when most billionaires, philanthropists, scientists, engineers, etc. believe we will reach AI singularity, where artificial intelligence will greatly surpass that of human intelligence and processing, etc., So at that point, the global biodiversity framework, they say, by 2050, should be implemented and it should be realized and we should be, quote, living in harmony with nature, which is strange because we are living in harmony with nature until we start splicing together goats and spiders, until we start splicing together apples and, uh, you know, oranges, then we're not living in harmony with nature anymore. And, you know, crossbreeding and having, uh, you know, two apples that you naturally genetically modify, you naturally crossbreed them. That's different than a gene gun. That's different than adding or removing genes. You can do that naturally. You don't need a gene gun. You don't need a laboratory to do it in. The laboratory is nature. The crossbreeding is natural. You know, you, you, you can have sex and get pregnant 
you're merging your genes with someone else's genes. You're creating a third person. That's different than genetically engineering a, a fetus and then implanting it into the womb, growing it artificially in a, in a, in a womb, uh, in, a, in a laboratory, and then putting it into a, into a, a woman's womb. There's a difference there. So they want to, you want to live in harmony with nature. We're already living in harmony with nature until you start spraying chemicals, geoengineering the environment, and genetically engineering plants and animals, etc. And they use words, if you read through this, words like biodiversity. We need, get this, we need to adopt an ambitious, I'm going to read through these words because these are their words in order, ambitious, balanced, practical, effective, robust, and transformative post-2020 global biodiversity framework. It's all of those things. Why is it that everything they talk about from international law to food security to climate change to energy to biodiversity, why is all of it based on the same words? Practical, effective, robust, transformative, inclusive, sustainable, affordable, just. These words don't mean anything. What matters is action. What matters is the results of actions and policies. These words are meaningless unless there is a way to define them. And this is where the trick is. You hear those words and they sound good. End poverty? End hunger? Of course I want to end poverty and end hunger. Of course I believe in living in harmony with nature. Of course I believe in effective practices. I believe in balanced practices. I believe in transformative progressive practices. I believe in equality and equity and freedom and justice. Of course I believe in these things. The bottom line is they have hijacked the average person's feeble understanding of things that sound really good and they have used it to create an army of zombies and supporters and people that will defend the system a system that is aimed at eliminating all national borders all sovereignty all human rights in the name of protecting the same to implement a one world one size fits all draconian authoritarian I can use words too Draconian, authoritarian, global, scientific, medical, military, industrial, complex, technocracy. That's where the UN is taking us. And Joe Biden just signed us on once again to another international declaration agreement. But it's okay. Because he likes black people. We will step up efforts says point number 15, to halt and reverse biodiversity loss, including through nature-based solutions and ecosystem-based approaches, support climate mitigation and adaptation, enhance environmental conservation and protection, sustainable use and restoration, responding to natural disasters, reduce ecosystem degradation, enhance ecosystem services, and to address issues affecting the marine and coastal environment. Once again, because this is an extension of point number 14, living in harmony with nature, we do do those things. We do live in harmony with nature. We do see a system that is robust, a world that is greener now than it has been in recorded history in the last three four decades. We see a world 
that has less brown and more green. We see a world that has more life than we ever could have imagined. More trees, more insects, more animals. We see a world teeming with life, a world that is not on the brink of destruction and devastation. Unless we implement these policies, which will eradicate every development of the 20th and 21st century and plunge us into a dark age of human development. No poverty? That just means changing the definition, killing people who are impoverished, and making the remainder equally poor. No hunger? That means they control the food system. And they even admit that on the UN website. Sustainable agriculture. That means Bill Gates and his lackeys. That means multinational corporations and banks. That means those people get to control the food supply, which means they get to control who gets access to the food. And if you don't do what you're told to do, then your microchip is turned off. Then you don't get to fly. You don't get to travel. You don't get to, well, you don't get to be a human anymore. They might not kill you specifically, directly, you know, targeting you as a physical person, but you'll be unable to participate if you don't comply. That's what biodiversity is all about. Because humans are destroying the planet, we're led to believe. So, of course, humans are the issue. Humans have to be done away with. This is why a zero emissions policy of 2030 for all international agreements, for all countries, except for India and China, which are the worst uh, perpetrators of pollution and things like that. This is why... Zero emissions is just an extension of zero tolerance for COVID-19. COVID-19 is humans are bad and humans are spreading diseases and humans need to stay locked up. Well, for the same reasons, we need to continue to do the same things because, well, humans are dangerous. Humans are harming each other. They're harming the environment. It's the breathing, really. It's like you're breathing out viruses. You're also breathing out carbon dioxide. It's Carbon dioxide is, is like a virus. We have to stop it. This is that left-wing, progressive, fascist war image. You have to have that warlike image, that, that societal enemy. That, that Really, it's that neocon theory, which has morphed into some liberal fascist uh, idea. You know, we have to have the war on this, the war on that, the war on this over here, and the war on that over there. We have to stop climate change. We have to stop the pandemic. We have to stop the war in Ukraine. It's just an enemy, enemy image that holds society together artificially. Point number 18, we are committed to take actions in support of orderly, just, and affordable transitions to achieve the objectives of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainability for sustainable development in line with UNFCCC and the Paris Agreement as well as the Convention on Biological Diversity. In other words, this declaration from the Indonesia G20 Summit is a reinforcement of the UN Charter and Agenda 2030, which we were told didn't exist. But I guess it does exist because it's in writing and these world leaders signed on to this declaration. We are committed to taking actions. What are those actions? Well, 
supporting orderly, just, and affordable transitions to achieve the objectives of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. And what is that agenda? It is, well, these 17 points for sustainable development. The declaration states, while the COVID-19 pandemic is not over, the World Health Organization has recently declared monkeypox as another public health emergency International Concern, or PHEIC, reinforcing that international health threats are ever-present and that the G20 and broader global community must come together to improve our collective prevention, preparedness, and response capabilities. In other words, collectivized, hive mind, one-size-fits-all, move-in-the-same-direction Chinese model to every problem and perceptual problem that we face. There was a journalist working for the BBC I mentioned earlier who was detained in China trying to film the lockdown protests just this uh, past weekend here at the end of November 2022. And when they beat him and after they beat him, handcuffed him and then they detained him, They said the reason that they had to beat him and detain him was because they had to prevent him from getting COVID-19. That is literally what they said. Politico reported that. Kind of sounds familiar, right, to the, the Antifa riots and the BLM protests. Those events actually stopped the spread of COVID-19. But a rally for a Republican was a super spreader event. See how they play with your mind? We cannot be bullied into accepting these artificial and synthetic realities that are ever-changing, they're ever-malleable, they're ever-subject to the will and to the whim of whoever is in charge, whoever has the power. And yet these are the same people that tell us they care about freedom and they care about human rights and They don't give a damn about any of these things. COVID-19 is just a precursor to implementing all of these policies. It's a beta test to see how the public will respond. Also, it's not just the 2030 agenda, but international bodies have also declared that education is a threat to sustainability. Remember that? Remember UNESCO suggested re-education of the entire population, altering curriculums from generation to generation because they say education is, well, it's a danger to sustainability. Even though people that are educated have less kids, do less polluting, etc., what kind of education are they talking about? In the same way, what kind of sustainability are they talking about? Well, what, are we, what exactly are we discussing here when we're talking about sustainability or education or any of these things? When we come back from break, points number 22 and 23, these are two things that the alternative media has picked up on in regard to this declaration because they deal with vaccine passports internationally There are no vaccine passports, but actually there are. They just don't call them vaccine passports. These are health mandates, digital solutions, and non-digital solutions of including proof of vaccinations. And, well, the White House 
signed off on it. Why not? I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Looking at the declaration from the G20 tonight. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. If you're looking for a great gift that keeps on giving this year, check out one of my four books for the holiday season. Occult Arcana is a monumental collection of esoteric and occult lore. The technological elixir looks at UFOs, demonology in the music industry, and the soul and spirit in relation to modern technology. Liberty Shrugged, my new book, takes you on a historical journey through the concepts of natural liberty and provides a different angle on the American Revolution. Food philosophy explores food industry propaganda, advertising tricks, and geoengineering. Get all four books only at thesecretteachings.info in softcover or digital. That's thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Thanks, Ryan. This is David Knight with thedavidknightshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teaching. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Final segment tonight of The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for joining us. We're looking at the declaration from the G20 in Bali, Indonesia. Joe Biden, if you listen and watch alternative sources of news, signed this declaration which did a lot more than what the alternative media has reported. It did a lot more than just basically confirm that there would be an international vaccine or travel passport of some kind dealing with vaccines and disease in general. It also, as we've been looking at, it enshrined in this declaration the approval that the United States has given once again, to the UN Charter and to the 17 Goals of Sustainability, which seek to make the world a much more hellish place than it already is because of these same kinds of people, international, unelected, governmental or non-governmental bodies, big mega banks, international corporations, and billionaire philanthropists. They say they don't want any poverty, they don't want any hunger, and then you wonder, what are the goals? What are these actual goals? Well, what do they actually say? Well, 
in poverty in all of its forms everywhere. How do you do that? Well, you change the definition of poverty. You let people die from lockdowns so less people are technically impoverished because they're dead. You know, how do you get rid of uh, food inequality, right? How do you even define food inequality? How do they how do they define this? Well, they want to end hunger. Okay, everybody probably wants to end hunger. How do you do that though? Well, they say promote sustainable agriculture. What does that mean? Owning all the farmland, genetically engineering all of the food, patenting it, owning the food, not allowing you to grow your own food. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Goal number three of the UN, ensure healthy lives and promote well-being for all at all ages. How can you do this when Republicans and Democrats laugh at Herschel Walker when he says insulin is really irrelevant unless you eat, right? How are you going to do this when everybody thinks that people are dying only because of a virus or a vaccine? When people are dying from lifestyle decisions, how are you going to ensure healthy lives and promote well-being for all at all ages when you advocate for people simply eating insects? How are you going to do this? See, all these goals, they are woven together in this demonic fabric. No poverty, no hunger. How can you get rid of hunger? Well, you can also just kill a bunch of people, let them starve to death, and then there's no more hunger. And ensuring healthy lives and promoting well-being for all at all ages is another part of goal one and goal two. Because if you have a lot of people who are really unhealthy, but those people die, then you have less people that are unhealthy and we've made progress. This is eugenics. This is genocide. These are homicidal maniacs and psychopaths telling you that they care about you. They care about the rule of law. They care about your, your sovereignty and your nation. They care. Sure they do. Point number four, goal number four, quality education. How do you get quality education when international bodies define education as a, quote, threat to sustainability? UNESCO says that. UNESCO said that education is a threat to sustainable development. That's the UN Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, UNESCO. They said this in a paper published back in 2014, Education for Sustainable Development Toolkit. They said that sustainable development is thwarted by education. Well, what kind of education? Education as per the UN's true goals? Or... Classical education, because classical education means people have less children. People tend to be more cultured. They tend to have more money. They tend to produce more. They tend to be better citizens overall. Why would you not want that? Especially when you say that education is a threat to sustainability because it implies, that's what, this is what they say, not me. It means that there's going to be more people on the planet, more population, more people, more overpopulation. How can you get that when, on average, people that are educated have less kids? Wouldn't you want people to be educated? Yes, only in certain things, in certain ways, do they want people to be educated. So part of the no poverty, zero hunger, good health, and quality education, all of that boils down to lockdowns and starving people to death, forcing people to take vaccines and do things that are detrimental to their health, killing off the elderly, which is classic eugenics, 
and educating people by brainwashing them to become activists rather than leaders of the next generation. And this is what goals number 22 and goal number 23 of the UN Indonesia Declaration or the G20 Declaration, which is an enshrinement of the UN Charter and an enshrinement of these 17 goals. Point number 22 and 23 of this declaration signed by Joe Biden says, We recognize that the extensive COVID-19 immunization is a global public good, and we will advance our effort to ensure timely, equitable, and universal access to safe, affordable, quality, and effective vaccines, therapeutics, and diagnostics. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, these are safe, they are affordable, and they are quality. Just the word quality. They are quality. Okay, well, you can have a quality poison. You you can have a quality thing that is dangerous, you know? I can I can I can do a lot of things, good and bad, with a quality gun, with a quality poison. You know, I mean, you can put some some uh, quality spikes down the road and blow someone's tires out. These words don't mean anything. They're supposed to imply this wonderful, beautiful image, this utopian ideal, an idea, but they're meaningless. It's hollow. At the core, it's completely hollow. The only meaning behind this is to get you to believe that these people have your best interests in mind. So while you're ignorant of the erosion of your sovereignty, of your civil liberties, of your basic human rights, and you give these people authority, directly or indirectly, to carry out their agenda, which they are not at all shy about sharing, because it uses really nice-sounding words. You're giving them permission to exterminate you culturally and physically, which is the ultimate goal. That's what all regimes throughout the history of the world do when they obtain this level of power if they're able to implement these goals. We are just seeing the introduction and the beginning to this. China is building more concentration camps for COVID dissidents. Did you know that? Right in time for the protests that are taking place. A lot of those people never heard of them, don't know their names. They're going to go and rot away somewhere and probably be killed because that's what communists do. And for the few communists, for some reason, who listen to this show and then troll us on social media, hopefully one day you can look in the mirror and recognize that you've been brainwashed You've got the mind or brain worm and you've contributed to more suffering in a day than most people contribute to inadvertently in their entire lives. You support a disgusting, perverse, evil, and anti-human agenda. And that system doesn't care any more about you than it cares about anything else except its own power. That's all that it cares about. Power, control, and destroying anything that is beautiful and anything that will in any capacity, have the courage to stand up to it and resist it. Number 23 in the Declaration, we acknowledge the importance of shared technical standards and verification methods under the framework of the IHR, keep that in mind, to facilitate seamless international travel, interoperability, and recognizing digital solutions and non-digital solutions, including proof of vaccinations. So that would be your international vaccine, international, digital health passport that doesn't exist. 
but it does exist, and Joe Biden signed on to this declaration. Kind of like up in Canada, where the Canadian government is pushing psychiatric medication. If you choose not to get a vaccine, you must have a psychiatric condition. You know, back in March of 2021, a bunch of world leaders got together and they proposed an initiative for a global pandemic preparedness response treaty. Remember that? This included plans aimed at greatly enhancing international cooperation to improve global production and distribution of medical and public health countermeasures such as vaccines, medicines, diagnostics, and personal protective equipment. Sounds kind of similar to what this declaration from the G20 leaders, G20 nations, uh, says that we just got a copy of a few days ago. The G20 was back in mid-November. Very similar to what that initiative said back in 2021. And remember back in 2021, at that very moment when world leaders were getting together and discussing a global pandemic preparedness response treaty, the Munich Security Conference held a tabletop exercise scenario of a global pandemic involving quote, an unusual strain of monkeypox. I have a copy of that tabletop exercise. An unusual strain of monkeypox. And then we read the tabletop exercise in greater detail, and it says that the monkeypox was released by terrorists from a laboratory where it was engineered to spread more easily. Kind of sounds like some of the mainstream and alternative narratives for COVID-19, doesn't it? Except we then learned right after that, monkeypox was a big issue. And monkeypox has now been declared by the World Health Organization a potential pandemic of concern. They have a lot of names that they give it. It's a potential pandemic of concern. It's something that we have to watch, something we have to be careful, something we have to make sure we get vaccinated for. You know, that's kind of fallen off of the uh, fallen off of the table a little bit, hasn't it? It kind of just brushed that to the side. Earlier this week, though, the WHO said they're not going to call it monkeypox anymore. Monkeypox didn't stick. Monkeypox is racist. They're going to call it M-pox now. That's official from the WHO. Now, the exercise that was conducted by the Munich Security Council was conducted by the NTI, and it concluded that the WHO should establish a graded, transparent international public health alert system. In their fictional scenario, the attack occurred on May 15th, right around the time when the first cases of monkeypox were declared. Remember that? On May 16th, May 16th, in real life, not a tabletop exercise, the Lancet Medical Journal called for a pandemic treaty and clear global government governance to enforce the pact. On May 22nd, the 75th World Health Assembly was held with the World Health Organization to discuss the Global Pandemic Treaty and amendments to the International Health Regulations, the IHR, which include the following, allowing the WHO to declare public health emergencies in states and determine mitigation procedures and to employ expert teams to assess nations. Any refusals from sovereign nations must be submitted to the WHO and approved by a Politburo committee. That's what this declaration is talking about in point 23, framework of the international health regulations. That's just part of it. The declaration goes on. We encourage international collaboration to further develop digital skills and digital literacy to harness the positive impacts of digital transformation, especially for women, 
girls and people in vulnerable situations and further support efforts to develop reliable skills and literacy. When you keep reading through these points, they bring up those words a lot. Women, girls, and people in vulnerable situations. They bring them up over and over and over again. Well, those are all summed up in point number five, goal number five of the UN's 17 goals for sustainability. It says, goal five, achieve gender equality and empower all women and girls. What is that supposed to mean, empower all women and girls? How about empower the people that know what they're doing? Maybe that's a woman, maybe that's a man, maybe that's, you know, someone who's trans. How about just empowering people who know what they're doing? What does empowering women and girls, presumably young children, what does it have to do with sustainability? What does that have to do with climate? They say climate affects women more than it affects men. Climate is leading to neurological diseases and cardiovascular diseases. It's not a vaccine side effect causing those problems. It's not the way that you're eating and taking care of yourself or not taking care of yourself. It's the climate. We talked about this on Tuesday. So what exactly is achieving gender equality? What is gender equality? Nature has achieved gender equality. The UN says they want to achieve their own version of gender equality. That's where women and girls become artificially more empowered than men and boys. That's where men are treated as throwaway objects in our society. Where men can still abide by the stereotypes they're supposed to abide by. Men can either do those things or they can step back and let women take charge even if those women don't know what they're doing or those women don't know what the hell you're talking about when you say empower women and girls. What does that mean? If you're, I mean, we have, I'm sure that we have tons of women that listen to this show. I I, I don't get it. Can you help me out here? What does that mean? Empower women and girls. How are you not empowered? Isn't it? I mean, is it empowering to get an abortion? Is it empowering to have to go to work every day? Or would you rather stay home with kids? Like what, 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 what is it exactly is empowering? What exactly is empowering about women and girls that the UN wants, wants to implement? Like what, what, what are they going to do for these women and girls? What does that even mean? It's, it's a meaningless talking point. It's Marxism. It's division. It's obscene. Number 29, G20 declaration to support our collective ambition to recover together, recover stronger We commit to well-calibrated, well-planned, and well-communicated policies to support sustainable recovery with due consideration to country-specific circumstances. In other words, we support a collective response to recovery, which is Build Back Better, which is in the U.S., Canada, and oozing out of every pore of the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset. And they're right. They're telling you the truth. This is a well-calibrated, well-planned, and well-communicated policy of world domination. (laughs) That's what it is. And they're not lying to you. It's well-calibrated, well-planned, and well-communicated to support sustainable recovery, the Great Reset, and build back better. Number 30 in the declaration, point number 30 G20 central banks are strongly committed to achieving price stability. 
pretty sure it's the central banks that are responsible for the price instability. So the central banks cause the problems, the artificial booms and busts, the printing of money, quantitative easing, etc. And then the central banks are there to save the day by achieving price stability where ultimately we have government and corporations and banks deciding artificially what things cost. And we saw what happened in China and Russia when governments tried to do that. The entire economic system completely collapses. Because it doesn't work when you put price controls on things. Central banks don't work unless you're, well, part of the inner circle of the ruling elite. And then they work for you. But they don't work for the average person. The average person works for the, the big banks. And that's what I'd understand. How can you say in one sentence, we have to empower women and people that are impoverished and help people get food and help people get good health and education. We have to end patriarchy, terrorism, and all these things. And then one of your goals, one of your declarations is allow central banks to help achieve price stability. Central bank independence, it says, This is what it says in the document. This is not what I'm saying. Central bank independence. Don't investigate what they're doing. Don't audit them. Central bank independence is crucial to achieving these goals and buttressing monetary policy credibility. They have to artificially prop it up. They have to artificially and synthetically prop it up because it won't stand otherwise. Just like they're failing regimes, just like Joe Biden, they have to physically prop up because the guy can't stand up, can't walk across the stage without tripping over a wire. He is a symbolic representation of how they hold these corporations and banks upright when they are failing and collapsing. Economic systems failing and collapsing, they have to hold them up artificially. The Chinese model is not a model that we should be trying to mimic. As Klaus Schwab said, it's a role model. Dr. Fauci said, it's okay if we do what China did, as long as they have an end goal, as long as they force you to get a vaccine, they should be able to lock you down. That model is a failing model because it leads eventually to a level of suppression and oppression where the scale is tipped and there is a violent revolution against the authorities. And I hope For the people of China and for the Chinese culture, I hope that they get a little 1776 in them. Because in my lifetime, I want to see the Communist Party of China collapse. And I want to see it defecated on. I want to see it urinated on. I want to see it burned to the ground. I want to see the Communist Party no longer running China in my lifetime. I hope the people of China have the spine to consistently resist until the point where that system of oppression collapses. Because I believe in human rights. I believe in free speech and free expression. I believe in classical, conservative, and liberal values. I don't believe in what the Chinese government has been doing to their people, to the Muslim Uyghurs, or for that matter, to what Israel does to the Palestinians. We kind of forget about Palestine, don't we? Israel is as oppressive of a state just like India is as oppressive of a state as China is, just for you know different reasons, different angles, very oppressive still. Here is number 36 in the declaration. 
We affirm that the rules-based, non-discriminatory, free, fair, open, inclusive, equitable, sustainable, and transparent multilateral trading system, my God, is that a mouthful, with the World Trade Organization at its core, is indispensable to advancing our shared objectives of inclusive growth, innovation, job creation, and sustainable development in an open and interconnected world, as well as to support the resilience and recovery of a global economy under strain due to COVID-19 and global supply chain disruption, all, again, caused by human policy, human interaction, not an invisible particle. Listen to those words again. Rules-based, non-discriminatory, free, fair, open, inclusive, equitable, sustainable, and transparent. If you read between the lines, it is a rule-based system for them, chaos for you, totally discriminatory, not free, not fair, closed off, uninclusive, non-equitable, non-sustainable, and very, very anti-transparent system of trade. It's the very opposite of what they say. I turn the page of the document here. We're almost done. We're almost to the back of the declaration. 39, 40, 41, and 42. Number 30. Uh, 39, rather. Adding to the situation, the COVID-19 pandemic has exacerbated pre-existing inequalities in many countries and continues to disproportionately affect women, youth, old workers, persons with disabilities, and migrant workers. Yes, it's only the migrants. It's only the women. All those women raped coming up from South America, Central America to the U.S., those women don't count because gender equality empower women and girls. COVID-19 has exacerbated inequalities that have affected women and older workers and, well, migrants as well, immigrants. Number 40, we affirm our commitment to support the full inclusion of migrants, including migrant workers, refugees, and our recovery efforts. Literally, they, they say they want to help migrants and refugees more than they want to help people within the sovereign countries that they represent. Like, I don't know, the U.S., the G20 nations, they all sign on to this declaration. They care more about migrants than they do about the average person. Call this replacement migration. Call this whatever you want to call it. This is about clashing societies together, clashing clashing cultures together, so the whole system comes crumbling down. Number 41, we remain committed to human-centered, inclusive, fair, sustainable approach that leads to greater social justice, decent work, and social protection for all. That means everybody does the same exact amount of work. You get paid the same amount exact of money. And there's a social hierarchy where if you're, we see this in the U.S., if you're black, you have moral rights over everybody else unless that person is Jewish or unless you're a black conservative, then you drop down where a white liberal man is more important than a black conservative because they're a conservative. This is that hierarchy of racial and political and ethnic, etc. discrimination. That's what it means to be fair and sustainable and greater social justice and decent work. That means riots and protests and activists That means listening to what the mob demands and not what the people of the rule of law demands. Number 42, we are deeply concerned with multidimensional crisis, including the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as a lack of fiscal space and unequal access to finance and technology, are posing significant challenges toward realizing the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development, etc. Number 44, access to education is a human right and a pivotal tool for inclusive and sustainable economic recovery, except they prevented kids from going to school. For two plus years. In some places, kids still aren't back in school. People are still locked down. Again, look at Africa. Look at China. 
So they kill people through starvation. They destroy the supply line. They decimate small businesses in the economy. Then they tell you there's no such thing as people starving because of the lockdowns. There's no such thing as businesses being shut down. And if your business was shut down, well, then that was for the greater good. And uh, education is bad for sustainability. So you don't need to be educated. But then this declaration says from the UN, we need education. Well, what kind of education is it? It's education to breed red guards. It's education to breed brown shirts and Stasi. That's what it is. That's what it's, it's activist education. It's not education. It's indoctrination. It's brainwashing. Point number 46. And uh, we'll end here, essentially, as women and girls continue to be disproportionately affected by COVID-19 and other crises, we reaffirm our commitment to put gender equality and women's empowerment at the core of our efforts for an inclusive recovery and sustainable development. This is all goal number five of the 17 goals. They add, get this, we recognize the need for the international community to step up their efforts to effectively combat money laundering, (laughs) terrorism, financing and profiteering. Uh, prolifer- uh, or excuse me, proliferation financing, not profiteering, always profiteering as well, proliferation financing, zero tolerance for corruption and collective recovery efforts, collectivization, collectivization, dividing people, gender and race and sex. And also, we have no tolerance for money laundering. Joe Biden literally signed this declaration the same month we found out that money was being laundered through his party, back into his pocket, through Ukraine. But they don't tolerate corruption. They don't tolerate money laundering. It's a big, giant joke. The 17 goals for sustainability, which include, we went through five of them, as per this declaration. Other things as well, like climate action, that's a goal. Responsible consumption, you own nothing and you're happy. Clean water, They control your water. Reduce inequalities. It just generally, that's number 10. You can read all the other goals. Just read them in reverse and they'll make a lot more sense. SDGS.un.org or forward slash rather goals. SDGS.un.org forward slash goals. You'll see all of them there. Type in G20 Bali Leader Declaration PDF. You'll get it from Indonesia. You'll get the whole thing I just read to you. Tonight on the show. That's the declaration. Wish we had more time to go into further detail about some of this stuff. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please subscribe to our archive. Please grab a copy of one of my books, the yearly subscription with the montages and the digital books and the private RSS feed is discounted. It's 40 bucks for the whole year and it will be $40 discounted for the rest of the year for the holidays. You can also get copies of my digital books if you don't want to subscribe 20 bucks for all the digital books. If you use PayPal or if you use Cash App, money sign RD Gable, our PayPal email rdgable at yahoo.com. If you use those two ways to pay, please email me at rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com and let me know your address if you buy a book. Let me know your email address if you buy a digital book. Let me know what information you'd like to use for your account so I can set up your account. Please contact me if you have any of those questions. Please support the show if you can. Another way to support the show doesn't cost you any money. Share us on social media. Like us on any of the radio podcast players. I'd really, really appreciate that. We don't have any financing. We don't have any kind of economic backing here on the show. 
So you support us, you keep us on air, you allow us to do what we do five nights a week, Monday through Friday. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much for tuning in, for listening to GroundZero.radio, and for supporting us, for those of you who do that, in the archive at thesecretteachings.info. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Don't be afraid, be informed. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. <laughs>